Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Izzy, Izzy did Off Menu Live yes. at Royal Festival Hall on Sunday night. Yes, I saw the photos. I like the chairs. James Acaster. Yes. There were a couple of thousand people in. She had a great time. It's one of her favourite gigs ever. Good. Backstage, mm. <laughs> she said, um, oh, LL's going on tour with his podcast. With his shambles of a podcast. And they said, oh, yeah. She said, out of interest, how long does it take off many to record? <laughs> and they told her, you know, an hour and a half, whatever. Brilliant. And she said, Perfect. oh, it's, a bit, it's, about, it's about five hours for us. So she does it with, with meal breaks. And they were absolutely <laughs> stunned. <laughs> Apparently, Gamble was crying with laughter at the idea that we can't do two episodes in a day because it would take ten hours. And we've uh, a we'd need to eat, and b we'd all need to pick our kids up from school and childminder, etc. Yeah, uh, we're the only ones doing this. There's not I another know. podcast. Well, well on I've got to do this today. It's the guest format, isn't it? They they got so guests. Nine, they we started at nine thirty. Yeah. And Cal said, "Can you take Ben for a haircut today?" Mm. I said, "I probably not. We're probably, probably not." Time yeah. Probably not. See so what time we start? Is it at nine thirty? Nine thirty. The bar, the barber's open until seven pm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, I know that. I'm not disputing when he. Yeah, yeah. I know he's open. I know the hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one I do with eggs. Yeah, so I do demon seed with eggs. Yeah. Because Reese, the producer for that, he lives in Canada and he's got a. He that's his job full time. He's got he's, a firm he's, hand uh, on the tiller, unlike me. <laughs> well, no, but he's that's his only job is producing podcasts, right? Yeah. And he's a mate, and it's good fun. You know, it's good mm. fun to do. Yeah. But he said, listen, so, so I can make it work, lads. We just started it off, you know, just sort of building it now. Yeah. So the last time we recorded, we just did three in a day, so we can put them out over the next sort of yeah, three yeah, weeks. Yeah. So, so. Like we're trying today. But we did three pods in four and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, you know, I think... <laughs> look, you, you, yeah, yeah, it's silly. It you can know. be done. I spent longer than that talking about Kamal and Tennis Club. <laughs> No other podcasts are made this None. way. None. I mean, that's that's our USP. 
Oh, and I've yeah. been on I've been on loads of podcasts yeah. now, and no one's gone. On no so one's gone. Many. Have you got the whole day spare, Al? Yeah. When I do Guardian Football Weekly, they always yeah. say, right, uh, if you could turn up by about ten o'clock, yeah, you'll be you'll be done by five p.m. I would say <laughs> it'd be fine. I mean, if you can get easy to do both school runs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe to, maybe do- pick something up in Tesco's <laughs> on the way home so you don't look so bad. I should yeah. do the well. I hopefully still will go again with the any given Wednesday podcast with Tom. My mate Tom Parry and yeah, yeah. mate Tom Parry. Yeah, and it was an hour long NFL podcast. Yes, and we'd do it in like an hour and fifteen. Yep, they don't edit out the chaff though, mate. No, and we are no, nothing no, no. if not chaff merchants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chaff merchants. But it's a good three hours. It's a good three hours post chaff. Oh yeah, no, well that just means there's a lot of wheat as well. Yeah, it's big on wheat. Big on it's wheat. It's just very I don't, wheaty. I think very wheaty podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, not, it's, no, it's not witty. No, but no, it's wheaty, very wheaty. Some people will be intolerant to us. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. A little bit different this week on the pod. We thought that we would let you guys experience what our patrons get to experience. Hmm. I'm having some barbecue-flavoured crunchy chickpeas. So if you are a Patreon member in the top two tiers, every month we give you a Michael Owens Movie Club episode. How would you describe Michael Owens Movie Club, Al? I would say it's about as relevant to films as the normal podcast is to sport. (laughs) I like that. Which is to say, yes, it is, and it isn't. Yeah, exactly. It's as relevant to films as you want it to be. Well, we yeah. did a Michael Owens movie club a few months ago. Yeah. And for the first half an hour, we did discuss sport quite seriously, something that's never actually happened on the, yeah, uh, on, the on the main podcast. Uh, yeah. Proved to everyone we could do it. But this is a little gift for you because... Uh, I don't know about Steph and Mike, but the summer solstice always makes me feel very generous. Mm. Mm. Rebirth. Mm. So, yeah, by all means, enjoy this. And then if you like it, subscribe to the Patreon. Exactly. Well, yeah, summer holidays and, you know, we've all got jobs and we've all, we've all got families and we've all got you know, the podcast to do and, and, and various other projects. But what's hilarious yeah. is that in order just to... Just nice cut, to do extra, isn't it? But in order to cut ourselves a bit of slack with recording yeah. an episode... We've then decided to watch a one-hour, 47-minute film. Yeah. yeah. When none of our documentaries are that long, even if you combine the clips. So, there was a time... Well the done, film we've cho- the, the film we've chosen, there was a time when it was on ITV probably every two weeks. Mm. So between... For good reason. Yeah, between 1993 and 1999, I could have done this without any without any prep. You could have just put me in a studio and said, it's a podcast, I'll explain what that is later, imagine it's a big radio show, talk about Field yeah, of Dreams, or little. off you go. Do you know what? I, when this came out, yeah. have we mentioned the film yet? No, we haven't. You've, no. well, you've it's, it's, in, it's in the title of the episode. Yeah. So if you look yeah, at that, big you go, Michael Owen's Movie Club, uh, colon knows. Field of Dreams, and you don't know what it's going to be about. <laughs> colon Field of Dreams. Yes. That's a very different. It's very that's different. A very different Did film you watch that, that one? Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on a portable telly. I took it to my room. <laughs> um, <laughs> when this came out, I I cannot tell you how much I love this film. Okay, I recorded it, and then I, I recorded it then when it came out on the TV, and on a videotape, 
I immediately snapped the tab off. And <laughs> no just recording over. Big pen. Do not tape oh, over this. Yes. And I've still got it. I've still got FA it. FA Cup third round in 1992. Do not tape over this. Ellis's tape. I spunk the free hour and 15 minutes of tape at the end of it. Right. Usually I try and squeeze some of our I thought, no, don't just keep this for Field of Dreams. Nothing else. I'm not going to put, like, mind on you, anything. This is just going to stay <laughs> Field of Dreams. Do not tape over this. And I've got it on VHS. Right. I've got it on bought VHS. Yeah. I've got it on DVD. And then yesterday I paid for it on Amazon Prime as well because yep. I couldn't find the other copies. <laughs> But I've seen it probably with absolutely zero exaggeration 30 times. I had seen it quite a few times in the 90s when it was on the telly. When it did, ITV, I don't know if you know how this works, Steph. Oh, he's gone, is he? He's on the phone. Oh, no. Just on the phone, Jack. Just taking a phone call. We'll, we'll, we'll riff it. Go on. See if I know how it works. Well, ITV in the 90s seemed to have about 10 films that if there was ever an emergency, they mm. would just show. They had the rights to. Field Dreams was one of them. Um, Backdraft was the other one. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's how they, I don't know if that's how they did I it. I saw they, Cocktail a lot as well. <laughs> cocktail, that's a great example. And Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, and these films would be obviously split by the 10 o'clock news. Yeah. As I'm sure the director intended. Yeah. I'm sure the director <laughs> yeah. was like, do you know what? I think what we need at a moment of high excitement, we need a 30-minute break to discuss the Creme de before the news. After the news, we'll add the... <laughs> Field of Dreams was, was one of those films. It was one of uh, ITV's... Canon. It was one of ITV's canon. It was one of the films... It was one of their fallback films. And as a consequence, I watched it an awful lot, but I probably didn't engage with it. Just waving to Stefan's kids there. Just waving at Steph's kids. Oh, just wave back. We just smashed the fourth wall here. I mean, the, the way we're selling this to, to the wider public and getting them on board. <laughs> yeah. is it's, a very, like, it's a very, very what, shambolic. One podcast. of us has just walked out <laughs> with a with a with a backpack. We don't know why. Just saw him walk out with his son. His son, his son waved to the screen. Steph didn't. Yeah. And he's just buggered off. He's gone. I mean, I think that says a lot. I think Steph's finally walked out on this podcast. Yeah, and he's still enough. He's still, I'm, going reg- I'm going to Reggie Perrin it. I'm just going to keep walking and 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 pretend the, the last... Fair play, he didn't even close the Zoom chat, so we're still going. Yeah. We'll still be here at midnight, waiting yeah, for him to come fine. back. Be fine. I'm sure he's gone. By which point he's in Monaco with all of our money. Yeah, we haven't got a contract, have we? No, 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 my agent keeps We should probably discuss this now that he's not in the room. <laughs> my agent pointed to her. She says, so the money always goes through Steph and then he pays you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're happy with that? Anything written down? No, no. No. <laughs> and I say I die tomorrow. You know the way that in my mind I think. Well, the boys just get we'll get Kelly in, and she'll she'll get her third. Of that oh probably. yes. Yeah, very different podcast though. It would be a very different. podcast. Doesn't watch sport or films. <laughs> so if Kelly doesn't like films or sport, what does she like? Schoolwork. <clears throat> Big believer in that. Very okay. conscientious. Very very. We talk about work ethic. She loves nothing better than. Putting in 60 hours a week for work. Right, okay. Very different for me in that respect. <laughs> I mean, she's never happy when she's doing something. And reading, I suppose. Yeah, she reads. She reads. She works. She sleeps. And that's about it, really. Yeah. Certainly, it's it's a know. good life. 
was a relevant life. I mean, what would she do when retirement comes? <clears throat> I don't know. Is I generally, a, I generally don't know. Like, Izzy's I, got a very similar work ethic. I never want to retire. Pack but horse. She, and she, she will find. I tell you who does this as well. Our friend Sharif. So his wife Linda. Well, Sharif's the same. We just did that radio show with Linda. Nothing beats the seventies. Still available on BBC Sounds. She, I'll, they'll say we've done a pre-recorded interview for the show. Which means when we're in the studio, I've, I've then got ten minutes. I can have a cup of coffee in. She will come into the studio at that point. So what are you doing? I said, oh, have I missed him? She said, no, no, it's all good. I said, okay. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, next week now, she brings a laptop and I go, what are you doing? Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is my This time. is 10 minutes off. Yeah. But the way that her brain works is, we've done this 10 minutes already, so now let's do more work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, well, no, I... The, reason, the reason I did 10 minutes two days ago was so I could have this 10 minutes off. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not to get an extra 10 minutes in. That's but I would say work. Sharif, I never worked with Linda, but I would say that Sharif is the hardest working man in Wales. Right, do you know how much time off he's owed? Because he, he banged in all the... Sharif is one of the most generous blokes I've ever met in your life with his time with everything else, right? Yeah. If you need something done, he will do everything he can to help you. And he's like that in work and out of work, right? Yes. I'm not sure I'm talking about Michelle. I'm sure I'm not. I think he's owed something like nine months of leave. <laughs> Genuinely. Because he works every day. And through lockdown, was doing everything for everybody. And they told him, listen, you've got to take this time off. You've got to take... You, we owe you nine months of leave. Now, for me, that'd be, I'd, be on the, I'd be on the way to the West Indies. I'd be loving life. Yeah. He'll be going stir-crazy after a week. I know what he's like. I don't know what I'd do in nine months off. I think I'd just go on my phone a lot. <laughs> I'd like to think I'd travel the world, but that wouldn't happen. Yeah, of course not. But I'd be, I, would have to, I would tweet regularly. <laughs> <laughs> God, my Facebook would be healthy, my profile. Oh, I'd be getting involved in Twitter pylons. Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah. For nine months, and I go Comment back to work. Comment on this, yes, please. <laughs> Hoping someone bites. Let's go back for the nine months off. What have you done? Twitter. Yeah, I did Twitter, and then I did a bit Where? of Instagram as well, actually. <laughs> did you leave the house? No, no. No need. Well, obviously, I went to Tesco once a week, and that was it, really. Took my daughter to drama club. Izzy yeah. did the school run. Yeah, it was good. I feel yeah. really recharged. I think if Kelly and Izzy did it. Well, work ethic-wise, it would be an even longer podcast than I was. Be well researched, though, wouldn't it? They'd be yeah, it would be with very well researched. Google last last minute, aren't they? Well, is he on? Is he went Kate, on? Kelly left lock- spreadsheets and all sorts. Uh, is he went on lockdown parenting hell, and they were asking her about what our parenting setup had been like during the Euros because I was working out when Wales were still in the tournament. And the thing with Izzy, she genuinely, I wouldn't say she hates football. It's just she cannot. Not a radar. She she cannot engage with it, and it just doesn't go in. Yeah. So Josh or Rob, I can't remember who said, so can you name 10 footballers? And she said, yes. Ryan Giggs. Rodri Giggs. Peter Shilton. John Fashnu and Justin Fashnu. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly knows that, she knows the, the Manchester United rhyme from back in the day. Cantona, Kanchalskis one. She knows that, so oh, she knows yeah. all those. And, that, and after that, she's struggling. It was the fact that the second player she named was Rodri Giggs, who I th- who I think did have a couple of games in the Welsh League, maybe in the 90s. Played for yeah. Salford as well. I heard that. And made he me did laugh play a lot. for Salford. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Rodri Giggs. Yeah. <laughs> on the fashion, lads. Yeah. On the fashion, but she loves, she loves the Salford. Loves brothers. brothers. Yeah. 
Justin Fashu, John Fashu. Get her into the Neville, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> to the Neville scene, whose father was Neville Neville. I'll get her into the Cabangos and she could get into rugby as well. Yes, that's a very good point. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm, I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as, how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting, how do I change that, how do I move that, I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up, and whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest, so whether it's like coming up with plans to, to organise your life a little bit better, or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a the therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. Sorry, Steph. Uh, you're all good? All good, all good. Just had to drop Noah. We're just saying as a sales tool, yes. this is brilliant because... Go on. Uh, is this within minutes of, of, of trying to appeal to a new audience? I left off. All we saw was you, was you walking off with a backpack, wait, with your son waving to the screen. Yeah, he's going, bye. This isn't working. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're done, guys. This is how I leave. Like the littlest hobo. There's a voice. I'm just having a... Keep on calling me. I have just created something totally illogical. That's what I like about If you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. If you build what, who will come? Insane. I hate it when that happens. Me too. Who's your invoices? Ray is. <laughs> I know what if you build it, he will come means. Ooh, why do I not think this is such a good thing? Daddy, there's a man up there on your lawn. Are you a ghost? What do you think? You look real to me. Hi! You couldn't see it. This is really interesting. You believed in the magic. It happened. Isn't that enough? Annie, it's more than that. I feel it as strongly as I've ever felt anything in my life. There's a reason. Go the distance. Did you hear the voice, too? Did you hear it? Go the distance. Yes. Our grave is dead. He died in 1972. Are you Moonlight Graham? No one's called me Moonlight Graham in 50 years. Unbelievable. It's more than that. It's perfect. You build a baseball field in the middle of nowhere and you sit here and you stare at nothing. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. Hey, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Kevin Costner, 
Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Burt Lancaster. Sometimes, when you believe the impossible, the incredible comes true. Field of Dreams. So where do we get to? Well, I was saying that Mike Mike was describing how much he likes Field of Dreams and how much he loved it. Yeah. I was making the point that it seemed to be one of ITV's fallback films in the 90s. They had about 10 films. Yeah, the way the Bourne identity is now. Yeah, that they would put... Yes, absolutely. They would put on all the time backdraft cocktail. I love cocktail. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we say? Cocoon they used to show a lot of. (laughs) And... uh, Crocodile Dundee. And Crocodile Dundee, that's right. Yeah. And these films would often be split by the news, by the news at 10. Mm. So I, I'd watched Field Dreams quite a few times. Look out, he's, look out he's got a knife before the news. Yes. <laughs> well, after the news, that's not a knife. Yeah. That's a knife. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> really bad edits. And do you know what? Watching it back, 25 years older than I was the last time I watched it. Yeah. And engaging with it properly. Yeah. It was a completely different film the 14th time round, but is effectively the second time round. I love this film. Mm. I loved it more this morning than I've ever loved it. Yeah? Because I'm a dad now. I haven't seen it since being a dad. Yeah. And it's, yes. It's, it's absolutely magical, this film. Also, I think because the film is a fantasy film, mm. and it is actually included in the fantasy genre. Not my fantasy I was going to say, two like, different, like, different <laughs> collections you got there, Mike. They want a bit of baby oil inside. What are you about? <laughs> But because um, it, it, it needed for me, personally, yeah. to suspend disbelief more that, than if it was a more classic yeah. fantasy film that had goblins and orcs and dragons. That's and what I found hard. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, and I had to really lean into that. Yeah. And once I leant into it, I enjoyed the film for what it is. I think I lean back. Um. Be- be- because also, because it's, obviously it's a fantastical film that, where he builds a baseball field for ghosts, <laughs> but again, fuck off. I now I cannot I cannot say that sentence no. without thinking of the f- fabulous Peep Show episode where they're gonna where they where Superman's and Jeremy are running a pub that they want to call the Swan and Pedo, <laughs> and 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 uh, Mark says, "What's your business plan?" And he says, "If you build it, they will come." Yes, and he says, "Your business plan." It's a quote from Field of Dreams, a film where Kevin Costner builds a baseball pitch for ghosts. And the thing is... Yeah, but you know, because Mitchell's got no... You said before that he doesn't like music. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously that's... He didn't write that. It was written by Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong. He said the lines. He could have refused. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, once you realise that it is a film, it's a ghost film that's set in reality as opposed to The Hobbit. That's what I found hard. Rings, yeah. Mm. Then you lean into it... And you stop picking See, holes because if you were to hear voices like Kevin Costner does at yeah. the start, it would be horrifying and terrifying, and you'd call your GP. And your wife wouldn't just go with it and go, do you know and what? Destroy the farm. Yeah, this is like talking to my bloody wife. It's a fairy tale, isn't it? No, no, I, yeah, yeah, Alice is exactly. engaging with it. I don't think I did. Yeah, because hearing voices is petrifying. Yes. And it shows that you are undergoing some sort of, you know, an, an episode of mental illness. You wouldn't say, do you know what? That's shooter Joe Jackson, that is. I think I need to build a baseball field 
but I don't know why. And then he builds it. Yeah. And then Mate, if you'd have heard voices, then he went to his GP and he said you're having an episode of, of, uh, of schizophrenia. Mm. That you haven't got a film. Yeah, yeah. Ab- it's a absolutely. different film, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you haven't got a so, film. <laughs> I had to stop picking holes in the reality That's aspect fe- of it. Field of problems is a different <laughs> thing. Yeah, field of issues. <laughs> and then when I, when I lent into it and accepted that it's... Field of problem. referrals <laughs> with Kevin <laughs> Costner. It's part of the fantasy genre. I enjoyed it, and then I real, and then and then I actually I found the last five minutes quite moving. Whereas I think when I was fourteen, I just used to take the piss. I was like, Kelly can't Why watch the this fuck film. Is right? he building a baseball field? Well, that's what. How can the daughter see them? Yeah, right. This is bullshit. He's having an episode. Is she having an episode as well? Yeah. Right. This is like I've had this discussion ad nauseum because this is I would say in my top three favorite films, Kelly. Hates this film, and I mean she can't stand it. But I can it, right? see why. I don't agree with her. I de- I mm. really don't agree with you. But I can see why. If you don't She's... invest in it, it is yeah. shit. Yeah, but she will happily. She thinks Harry Potter, you know, a film about a fucking kid flying a stick is perfectly fine. But there's no one right? there who can't see them flying. That's what I find. When they bring in the reality yeah, but they can, though. When he's driving that bloody bus that turns into like a fag paper thing. Yeah. No one can see that bus driving mm. in the also, middle of London. Yeah. She's and also, that. Yeah, true. the problems yeah. Harry Potter faces aren't that he has to, that he's going to default on his mortgage. No, but he, his mum and dad are dead and he lives with his uncle for the eight. So I'm not getting into Harry Potter, so that's a different discussion. <laughs> I mean, Quidditch is pushing it for us, even us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Quidditch. That'd be great. Sounds like it's in the West Midlands. We, although we did Rollerball. We did a, we did a made-up <laughs> film from first one. Quidditch. Made-up sport, know. Rollerball. What sport do you want to do, Rollerball? Rollerball? Yeah, you know, the James Caan film set in the future. It's fine. <laughs> Any Rollerball players ever? No. I, I am, Not real. no. I am more leaning towards Mike as opposed to Kelly yeah. and Steph. Mm. You can only did, watch this. I did watch it and I suspended disbelief and yes. then I really enjoyed it. Watch it with a childlike innocence and just enjoy... When have you had a childlike innocence? I was going to say, watching this that, film, that's you didn't why, have childlike innocence as a child. No, your childhood was well, this is very why this real. Film, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> that's why this film allows me to do that, step outside that, and I can just be a little kid yeah. watching. I was never really into fairy stories, right? But I've always been into sci-fi, weirdly. And baseball. Right? I love baseball. Yeah. This film makes me feel... There's a bit there where James Earl Jones... That, do you know the whole scene before, before Karen... Falls over and gets the hot dog stuck in her throat, and I'll tr- we'll talk about that. Later, and the ghost right? doctor fixes her. Yeah, the whole yeah. bit before that. Yeah, when James Earl Jones is convincing Ray not to sell. Yes, and the brother-in-law's there, right? And he talks about what sport means. Yes, and he talks about people will come because it'll remind them of. That's a great speech when they were a kid. That's yes, a beautiful that's speech, true. right? So that whole film for me is imbued with that, right? So. I wasn't a kid when I watched. I was all right. I was sixteen, seventeen years of age. I knew I knew it wasn't real. <laughs> I just loved it. I just I loved the whole feeling of it. So when it was the bit where he go um, when he goes back and sees Burt Lancaster when they go back to nineteen seventy two and he's walking as the Godfather on the cinema screen and he checks the license plate of the car. That whole bit from there, and then he picks up the young Doc the next day, mm. the Moonlight Graham bit, right? Yeah. My God, I f- the bit when he. He's playing baseball. He's done the one thing he wanted to do. He's, he's, he's hit that for the first... He's done the one... He came that close to his dream and then he's got it. And then we talk about sport all the time, right? He's... That one thing he's achieved. He's done it now. 
he's happy. He can he can walk away from it. Yeah. So when he steps over the boundary, he becomes the doctor again. Yes. And he just gives him a little wink and walks off. And 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 uh, Ray Liotta says, or Shulish Joe says to him, "Hey rookie, you were good." I thought, oh, I cry. I can't watch. It. I'm crying thinking about that scene. I cry every time I watch it. Okay. And the whole bit with the with the with the dad. So the whole thing, without spoiling it for anybody who hasn't seen it, obviously at the end, it's all about his relationship with his old man. Build it, and he will come. They had this fractious relationship, and he deliberately upsets his dad by insulting the one thing that his dad loved, which was Joe Jack, was Shoeless Joe, and, and the and the, the baseball. For that bit of the end, he goes, "Dad, you want to you want to play catch?" Oh, gone again. I can't yes, watch I it. Did, I, so uh, good. I I did find that bit quite moving as well. Whereas I think Steph didn't in nineteen ninety five, I just used to, I com- oh, was completely man. scornful about it. I wasn't scorn. I'm not scornful. So about now it he's, fa- he's throwing a ball at his ghost dad. Who well, doesn't go through his fucking glove for a fact? He called him dad. There, you didn't call him dad earlier yeah. on. Why isn't his dad freaked out as a ghost? Yeah, shut up. I'm not your fucking dad. I'm a ghost. <laughs> not your dad. I'm a ghost. <laughs> fucking wrong with you. I absolutely love it. Do you know the other thing is as James well? Little Jones a ghost. No. Right. No. So how does he go off with the dead people at the end? Because the ghosts have chosen him. This is what's make Ray to, mad. To and die. Says, you know, I've done all this for you. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, no. Right. Because his... Right, the way I read, the way that I read it... Yeah. So Terence Mann has given up his passion. Yes. Right? He's never going to write again. Yes. Because all the extremists and the nutcases and everything else. Yeah. And you just know that when he goes and experiences that and comes back, he's going to write about it, right? So he... So he's going to be back doing what he should be doing. So he gets to go to baseball heaven, um, yeah. wherever they live in those fields, and he's going to come back and write about that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think. That's, that's, okay. Yeah. Right. I couldn't work out whether they were sacrificing him. No, no, no. Right. He's, not, I, mate, he's not the Incas. Well, I, I couldn't quite work it out. <laughs> Don't be daft. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Sorry. But there's a few things. What well, right? One is, when you look at Shoeless Joe, um, that's a real person. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. that team that happened? He's real. I always assumed that Burt Lancaster, who's fabulous, he in this is very film, good. Right? Yeah, he's so good in this film. It's his final film role, was it? Yeah. Well, he died like five years after this. Oh, yeah. There was a real Moonlight Graham. Was there? Who was a doctor? Okay. Who did play? Who did play one game of right field? Who did never get to bat? Who did really? go from the mo- yeah? Who was a doctor? Who did for sixty years go back home? Yeah. And give free glasses to the to the miners. Oh, that's interesting. To the miners' kids. Oh, fair I mean, play. I always thought that was. A, I'll read about it now. I, I, I assumed. I knew Shoeless Joe was a real person, and obviously, this is how long the last time I saw this film. There was no Google, right? So I just googled Moonlight Graham. So here we go. Um, an American professional baseball player and medical doctor who appeared as a right fielder in a single major league game for the New York Giants in 1905, right? So, and you look about it then, and it says, "Where's it going? Where's it going? Where's it going?" He, he he did generally get called in at the end of the the bottom of the eighth inning. Mm. They called him in into right field. He never got to bat. He played one innings, and then they sent it back down to the minors, right? And then he became a medical doctor. That, you know that. So even that bit was true. I thought, my, I mean, obviously it's, it's changed a little bit. He, he did go back and play a bit of minor league baseball before he became a doctor again. In the film, he just goes, he says he couldn't face another season in, in the minors. He did go down and play in the minors. He played for some great teams. Look at some of these old uh, team names. So he played for teams like the Brooklyn Superbers, right? <laughs> which I which I love, right? The Boston Americans, okay, I get that one. 
But where's this? Scranton Miners, so Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is where they set Kingpin. Right. And it's where all, so where all the Welsh miners went. There was a nice Stedford in Scranton. Yeah. Okay. So, so the Scranton Miners, yeah. the Memphis Egyptians, obviously because Memphis is named after Memphis in Egypt, right? Is it? Where's the one he played in? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a big, it was like the second city in, in, okay. uh, in Egypt, yeah. So where's the other one? Two seconds, pal. Why are there two ghosts of the Doctor then? How does that happen? Well, because ghosts aren't real, Steph. So they can they could be oh. three. It wouldn't be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought of it like that. <laughs> they could be as few or as many. I suspended like, disbelief maybe. to the point where I could go with the ghostly baseball arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not I to the t- point where I there were two ghosts that annoyed me. But I check tell- this: the best team that Doc Graham played for yeah. in real life yeah. in, in the nineteen oh five season, he went to the Class B New York State League. Yeah. and played for the Binghamton Bingos. That's oh, a great yes. name. What a great name. But the fact that he genuinely did, so there's, there's a bit at the end there. Um, Doc Graham, as he became known after his career as a ball player, served the people of Chisholm for 50 years. From 1909 to 1959, Graham was the doctor for the Chisholm schools. For many years, Doc Graham made arrangements to have used eyeglasses sent to his Chisholm office. On Saturdays, he would have the children of the Iron Range miners from Grand Rapids to Virginia mm. come to his office, have their eyes checked out, and then fit them with a the proper set of glasses. Everything was free of charge. Amazing. So, yeah, so that was a real person. So... When Kinsella wrote the book, that was one of the characters he put in the book, and he put in Shoes Joe and put in there. Have you read the book? No, never. I, I, and I need to. But something has happened. I don't know if you, who picked this film. You did. Did I pick yeah. it? Okay. Now this is serendipity in action, right? Go on. This is serendipity in action. I picked this film. I can't remember which one of us picked it, but just because I love the film, right? Yeah. I've forgotten it was me, but I was chuffed that we were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's oh. like it's like when you when you've uh, bought something on eBay, pissed, yeah, just and it arrives five yeah. days later. Oh, great. cars! Usually. That's what I wanted. <laughs> so, guess what? They, so, what are they playing next week? Oh, yes, they, yeah, yeah. So, when this goes out, they're this playing the Field of Dreams yeah. game in the Major League Baseball. Now, to the Field of Dreams becoming a reality. The MLB just announced a big game will go down on the iconic field from the Kevin Costner classic. TJ is here with all the details. Straight, take me out to the cornfield. We are talking about a regular season game between the White Sox and the Yankees taking place in a cornfield in Iowa. This is not just any cornfield. This is an iconic and special place to sports fans and movie fans alike. For baseball fans, this could be as close to heaven on earth as it's ever going to get. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Major League Baseball announced the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox will play ball at that iconic farm in Dyersville, Iowa that was made famous three decades ago in the Oscar-nominated film Field of Dreams. People will come, Ray. So they've built a 8,000-seater stadium uh, that is next to the film set yeah. field. So they kept, Have you seen they kept, the photographs yeah, of it? they kept the field there from the film. Unbelievable. Next field over, they've built a small arena, 8,000. Uh, the, well, they said the one they built at the film set, which has been there for you know 35 years now, it, it's, too, it's too small to play a Major League Baseball game there. So they've used the field behind that to set up an 8,000-seater um, baseball field. Yeah. All the right field side will be a glass wall with a cornfield behind it. Amazing. So you can see the cornfield. The players will enter 
from the original set really? through the corn. Oh, lush. Oh, wow. They're going to walk through the corn onto the field, and I'm hoping they're going to wear the original Yankees and, and, yeah. and, and White, White Sox, Sox uniforms so I think well. that'd be great. Imagine that. Hello, Ellis, Steph and Mike fans. I'm Danny Wallace and I host the Monatomy podcast alongside Phil Hilton. Each week we talk to a well-known man about his body, the bits he loves, the bits he doesn't, the strange hang-ups and the tiny victories. Men like Adam Buxton. My dad used to try and cheer me up by saying, you're taller than Napoleon and Genghis Khan. For a nine-year-old, it's like... What the fuck are you on about, you crazy old bastard? <laughs> Tim Minchin. If some wanker on the internet says, oh, you're sitting around smoking cones and getting the doll or whatever some dickhead says on the internet, I literally have this thought. It's like, I'll fight you. <laughs> and soon, Mike Bubbins. My wife takes the piss and uh, tells people I got tangerine balls. Um, I wouldn't say they would. I think tangerine is exaggerating, but there's certainly a decent sized tattoo in Bubbins is coming soon to Monatomy, and while you wait for stories of his tangerine balls, there's a whole host of other men being open, honest, and funny. Monatomy, wherever you get your podcasts. There were there were a couple of things that really struck me about the film. A few things actually. The farm that Kevin Costa lives on with his wife and daughter. Yeah. Looks yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yes. I would be a terrible farmer, but the landscape and the view. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, oh, yeah, I, I could imagine living there. That just looks idyllic. With none of the work. Yeah. With none of the work. As long as I could do zero, as long as I could podcast on a farm. <laughs> yeah. And pay someone else to farm for me. Do all the farm. Feel the mics. That would. That would <laughs> Just growing a huge field of broadband. Just <laughs> cutting it all down, creating a massive studio yeah. for ghosts to podcast in. Yeah. Oh. What do you grow? Pod beans. Oh, that's so, very good. Thank you. Oh. So there was that, and there's something so American about that kind of landscape. There's, you know, oh, absolutely. Fields of, well, fields the of the, corn. When they're sat on the swing, the, the wife and the yes. daughter. Yeah. On, on, you know. Well, the very start where he's, if you build it, they all come. It's an age-old trope from Hollywood films. The other thing is, it must be brilliant, if you love a sport, to have the field of play in your back garden. Rod Stewart is the one I was thinking of, because he's, oh, yeah. he's got a Wembley-sized uh, football pitch mm. in his back garden, mm. and he plays games in his back Well, that garden. James Hull fella that I did the gig oh, for, yeah. he built a proper cricket pitch on yeah. his, in his front garden. And it does look great. A baseball diamond just looks It cool. does look beautiful. Yeah. When he's washing up and looking out of his kitchen window at a baseball diamond, which he's done at great expense and is going to cost him his farm, <laughs> you must think, yeah, that's great, actually. That is nice. And the other thing, the idea of some of the most decorated, iconic baseball players playing together in heaven or yes. purgatory or whatever it is, I was thinking, if you could do a football version, you could have John Charles and Ivor Allchurch oh, you know, passing to each. It would be. It, it's a very, well, very engaging idea. I, lo- I love the idea. Let's write that film. Stanley Matthews and. No, some Finn. dong's going to listen to this now and write the screenplay, and then we're going to get. Sued. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Alice had the idea first. Yes, we can timestamp. And this. we're making it, and I'm going to be in it. But there is there is something. Shirtless Mike Bubby. <laughs> Turned up one day. There was. They want a shirt there to fit me. So I played. So I played the whole game with my top. I drew a number on my back. 
And the idea that the players are still ribbing <laughs> each other like... and taking the piss in the way that they would have done when they were playing in 1919. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's great. And a bit about Ty Cobb, because Ty Cobb was a cantankerous bastard yeah. as well. And when they say, you know, Ty Cobb wanted to play, but we couldn't stand the son of a bitch when he was alive. <laughs> that is very good. It'd be great when it to say to some, some football player from back in the day, not Yeah, but there are little lines like that that work. The bit where he talks about the floodlights and, you know, he says, you know, one of those makes it harder to see the ball. Yeah, harder to see the ball. Yeah. He says, "Oh, the owners prefer it because you can get more crazy." Because owners. owners, and he goes, "Yeah, even Rigby Field's got them now." Because that was the last one. That was the last ground yeah. to get floodlights yeah. in, because there were so many yeah. protests from the fans. There's something, and I'm I'm a I'm a Welsh bloke, and my favourite North American sport is is, is American football. Yeah. Right? There's something so evocative about baseball. Oh, absolutely. The look of it, the history of it. Totally, yeah. I love, and especially when you see those old, the old pinstripe uniforms and stuff. Yeah. And to be fair to baseball, it hasn't changed greatly as a, as a, as a spectacle, mm. right? So the uniforms, like they're much more fitted nowadays, but they are still a recognisably baseball uniform. Oh, absolutely, so. yeah. Um, they, they will wear a, a helmet when they're batting, but apart from that, the boys do still wear like soft caps and they do still wear a big leather glove. And there is... You know, it hasn't changed. They haven't tried to... You watch the early days of American football where they played on different size fields and I think they played an indoor game in like 1920 when they had to make the field 80 yards long. Really? And okay. Yeah, it was the first indoor... It was, a, it was an NFL final and it was, the weather was terrible. Mm. So they basically did it inside a huge hall. Okay. And the, the pitch is only 80 yards long. They were all different sort of size fields, but then they made them all the same. Yeah. There is also yeah. something about... Baseball grounds, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, mm. Wrigley mm. Field, Shea Stadium, where the Beatles played. Yeah, they just look cool. Yeah, they. I've been all those ones you mentioned, In- and they're fantastic. Just to sit, I don't know enough about baseball. I don't think, but to experience a fan base enjoying themselves is almost as fun. You know, you may- I'm quite jealous you've been to Fenway, Steph. It's like an amazing place. Before. Been to the old Yankee Stadium. Before nice. they knocked that one down. Actually, we were filming there and we got to be on the pitch while they were doing batting practice. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Up. It was amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah, cameraman nearly killed A Rod. Turned awesome. around too quickly and nearly clubbed him in the head with a camera. That could have been expensive. <laughs> it an expensive little trip. But they are just beautiful. Why are we arenas. filming over there? What are we filming in? We were filming with Calzaghi, but we were doing oh, a history okay. of Welsh boxing and Tommy Farr had fought at the old Yankee Stadium. Ah, yeah. So we yeah, just wanted to be just doing a piece of camera within the stadium. Oh, wow. And they were like, yeah, come on in, cool, no problem. But cool. in the same Amazing. way that Anfield and Old Trafford are, they just stir the blood in a way that the Emirates and the Etihad don't yeah. because mm. they are new stadiums. And I think the yeah. Emirates, I've been to the Emirates lots of times, actually, and the new Spurs Stadium, which I haven't been to yet, it's undeniably impressive. And... You know, in 50 years' time, maybe they will be the same. There is something about those old grounds, like yeah. Fen- you know, Fenway Park in particular. I, I know nothing about baseball. If I went to baseball, I'd be bored, I think, because I don't understand the sport. But there's mm. just something about the way that ground looks that's, oh, it's cool. I've only seen games, baseball games at uh, Skydome, right, in Toronto. Mm. But... but but I would love to go to, I mean, and that's, it's beautiful and I enjoyed it and it was, it's lovely, right? But I would love to go to what I call like a grass diamond, like one of the old school. I want to sit on like proper seats with grass, you know, in the sunshine and watch a baseball game. Yes. That would be something else. I love it. The, the fact that Major League are doing that in a, in, a, in a week or two, 
that feel feel it. I'm hoping that becomes a regular, like when the NHL did those those hockey games on on like lake ice. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think they're finding different what a environments, idea. isn't it? So they started doing the Winter Classics, didn't they, with um, uh, ice hockey? So playing at big yeah. stadiums and stuff like that. It's, it's harder with baseball to fight, yeah. but they do the London one where they play at the Oval. I think yeah. that's quite a good idea. I think you know branching it out and trying different things, but this is going to look amazing. The problem the NFL will always have. They've only got a 16-game season, so to give up one of eight home games is a big deal. Yes. Because the Yankees are to give up the home game for that Field of Dreams game. But they've got a lot of home games. I'm not, you know... No, no, I'm sure agree. Yankees fans still... They've, the way they've done that with the tickets as well is a lottery. Yes, it is, obviously. yeah. You've got to have an Iowa zip code, like an area code, to apply for a ticket. And if you're one of the 8,000, you get you get two tickets and a, and a car parking space. It's cool. I thought, wow. And they haven't played a game in Iowa since 1940 or something like that. Brilliant. Just after the war. So who's playing? Ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is the, this is the other thing I was going to say. This way is so perfect. So they're playing the Yankees, the most storied team in baseball, against the White Sox, which is the team from the film. The the, the, the team that you know the players played. So for the nineteen nineteen band World Series game became known as the Black Sox, obviously. So the White Sox, and just think that is for those families. That's almost like finally, not forgiveness is the wrong word. And those those players and their bloody kids are probably passed away by this point, right? But if your if your granddad was in that team to to finally see the White Sox play there as a tip of the hat to that team, which is what it is, I thought well, fair play, you know. And it must have been when they got done for that with the with the the betting syndicate. It's, it's very briefly mentioned in the film, and Costa's character mentioned, like Ray Kinsella mentioned it. They never proved that. He, they said he took the money, Shoeless Joe, but his batting was extraordinary. Like he, he, he did everything he could to try and win yeah. the game, but he took the gambler's money and he was, he was banned for life. But it must have been so hard in those days because they played for peanuts back in the day as well. You imagine like pre and, and during the Depression. Well, yeah. What do you do when you're absolutely skint and you're playing baseball for millionaires and some gambler says to you, hey, listen, if you throw this game, you, you'll be sorted for life. You and your family are made for life. 100%. It's hard, isn't it? It's easy. It's easy to sit on the fence and say that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and it, and it is. Well, it's it's the wrong. It's not the sporting thing to do. But no, it if you're in an impotence and the Western world is in a depression, it's almost yeah. irrational not to take the money. Yeah, and you wonder then how many also did that and never got caught. That's what I always think about all of these. Anyone oh, gets caught all cheating, of them. and you go, and no welfare state to speak of as well. If you do, yeah, you know. Slip through the net. Well, people like we talked about before, like Jim Thorpe. So, Watho Hook, um, when he got his Olympic medals taken off him, at his Olympic goals, he had a pentathlon and, and decathlon Olympic gold. They took his medals off him because they, they found that he'd received like $5 to play like minor league baseball years before the Olympics. Yes, yeah, like Gareth Edwards uh, <laughs> being banned from rugby. Well, it is, mate. Yeah. It is like that. Yeah. And the thing about with rugby, well, if you draw the analogy with you, it's not wrong, you know, it, it may be wrong within the rules, but it's not wrong morally to do that and look after your family. If, you're, if you were, so you're Jiffy, you're John the Davis back in the day, you, you, you're the breadwinner for your family from a young age. You know, you get married, you have, you have a family of your own. Yeah. You're surrounded by people making money out of rugby, surrounded by people making money out of rugby, and you're the best rugby player in the world, and they tell you you can't make any money out of it. It's, it's illegal yeah, yeah. for you. It's dirty for you to make money. It's right for me to make money and drive around in a nice big car and make money off your skill 
but you can't make any. And your training and your sacrifice. You, of course. And then a rugby league come down and say, well, you just caught for a million quid. You're going to be set for life. Your family would be set for life. Wouldn't see me for dust. Oh, yeah, I'd be gone. I'd be gone on a heartbeat. And, but they, and I always had, you don't see it so much now, but at the time, I used to get into rows of the, of the rugby club and with mates of mine about rugby league because it was always seen as, you know, people have turned their back on Wales. They've done this, they've done that. I thought, fucking hell, you, do, you don't get it, do you? You don't get it. If, if everyone was doing that for nothing, fine. But when I'm paying for that ticket, or when you know when I'm when I'm walking in the ground, if the only people there not getting paid, you know, take out the journalists and the camera people and all the sound people and all the people who work there and the stewards and the people behind the bar and the, and the bloke driving the bus and the person washing your laundry, the only people not getting paid are the players. And then there's somehow you think less of them because they, they they've got a family that they need to feed. It's bizarre, isn't it? So this thing with I mean the gambling thing, yeah, I get it. Because what we love about sport is the unpredictability of it, and the reason we don't like wrestling is it's preordained. But it must be—it's very, very easy to get judgmental about people when, when you're not. What skipped. I find amazing about the 1919 White Sox World Series gambling scandal, though, is that I've known about it for most of my life. It's over a hundred years ago, in a country I've never lived in, in a sport mm. that I don't follow and have got no interest in. That's how big a scandal it is. We're still talking about it a century later. Yeah. There are, there are, to my knowledge, they still won't put them in the Hall of Fame, will they? They, they will not put them. But there in the are Hall no of scandals yeah. from uh, football from 1919 that still resonate. But they've put, they've reinstated players since then who've done bad things, and they've let, allowed them back in the league. Okay, but major leagues will not exonerate those blokes and put, and put them in the Hall of Fame. How hard would it be to throw a game? I think in a team a game, I think it's difficult. Well, there was eight of them, though, so it's basically the yeah. whole team. If you're bribing the whole team, it's easy. But to make it look like you're not throwing it to the point where you don't get caught, I always wonder how hard that must be. Because it's really easy to throw anything, isn't it? You could just be shit. But You watch how close when they go to first base. Yeah. You know, I can't see with a with naked eye, usually. Yeah. So I'm sure a split second later, and they're safe. You know what I mean? But you'd have to train to... Do it a split second later, and I find that fascinating. Like just buying off a goalkeeper never struck me as very intelligent to me, because they can they can influence <laughs> yeah. it to a certain extent. Yeah. But if no one ever shoots at them, yeah. also on target, if you've, I think all you can do. I was it. I was just thinking about that actually when you when you posed that question, I was thinking about the the players who were involved in match fixing in football in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I would do is I would try and play well in the first half, and then hope that nice. there was a shot that I could let slip under my body in the second half and then, fingers crossed, <laughs> my yeah. team don't equalise. But it is difficult. If there's only one of you involved in a team sport... You'd have to practice your reflexes being shit uh, as well, surely. Because if you're used to blocking them, then yeah. as the shot comes in, you've got to then tell your central nervous system, shit, no, you're getting paid millions. <laughs> <laughs> But the club are paying me millions as well. Shit, do I get the ball? Do I not get the ball? Also, unless I'm being very naive, it would never happen now because the players are all paid so handsomely. Why would you do? Why would you jeopardize? People je- like money. Why would you jeopardize? Greed exists, doesn't it? Well, there's carrot. It's not just that. It's not just greed, though, is it? Because there's the other way. There's the Colombian way, where it's not. I'm going to give you a million quid if you do it. It's I'm going to kidnap your family if you don't. Yeah. And then what yeah. Do you do? Yeah. You play for Colombia, and someone says, you know, if you don't let that, this goal in, you're not going to see your wife again. Depending on how strong your marriage is. You know. Well, we have argued a lot. 
Yeah. I'm a natural shot stopper. Yeah. Sorry, though. I tried I did really try. hard. I did try. You star jumped for the last one, Mike. <laughs> you refused to stand for a penalty. The problem is, love, I'm such a good goalkeeper. I'm really it's good at it. It's so instinctive. Mike the cat. <laughs> you had your back to the pitch for the last one. <laughs> surprised James Earl Jones yes. wasn't in more stuff that's what I thought while I was watching it I thought what do I know James Earl Jones he's the voice from? of Darth Vader yes obviously this got that wonderful is CNN voice. he's 90 he's still alive he's, he's great in that film he is good he's got, a, he's got a beautiful I can listen to him talk all day long what a voice yes you can enjoy it without thinking that's Darth Vader well no and without thinking that's um, Eddie Murphy's dad in Coming to America oh, yeah of course yeah but I can't think of what else he was in off the top of my head. No, I can't either. I was trying to work through it. Hunt for Red, oh, October. He's right. in The Lion King. Um, I mean, yeah. Coming to America. Not much. Conan the Barbarian, which I don't remember him in that. Obviously, he's Darth Vader in Star Wars. He's had a fascinating life. Because he was born in Mississippi in 1931. I was reading about him yesterday. Because he's, cause I thought... He, he can't still be with us, can he, James Earl Jones? But yeah, he's he's 90 years of age. Was he in Judge Dredd? He was in Judge Dredd as the narrator. Uncredited oh, you, voice role. Okay, okay, yeah, I can see that. Mm. Primary colours. He fought in the Korean War. Did he? Yeah, because think about his age. Oh, I mean, in, he would have been in his early 20s in, when the Korean War was happening. People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. <laughs> oh, yeah, go on. I mean, also, I do. realistically... If you were to turn up at a famous novelist who's packed it in for 25 years and you put your finger in your coat and said, it's a gun, can I take you to a baseball match? It's very... It, <laughs> You're at Geoffrey Archer's house. Okay? You, you want Geoffrey to come and watch your ghost baseball with you. You don't know why, okay? But you've got to get Geoffrey there. Geoffrey, I loved your books in the 60s. Yeah, but if Jeffrey loved baseball and you quoted back to him a thing he said about baseball, which he denied, and then yeah, and then he said, "All right, I got the, I got the wrong bloke. Sorry, I'll go back." And then and then Jeffrey's had a second thought. He thought, "Fuck it, he has come a very long way. I'll give it. What's you know, I I'm a, I'm an author. Yeah, I'm you know I I try to see the best in people. Yeah, I'll go I'll go to see a baseball game. What's the worst that can happen? And then you see the thing on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you by moonlight gray. Once boom, you can get him. Once you can get Geoffrey Archer to, you know, Brisbane Road to watch Leighton Orient play yeah, or whoever yeah, exactly. it is. Yeah. Can I, can I take Jack Higgins? I don't really like Jack yeah. Higgins. Well, neither do I, but <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go with uh, Jack Higgins. It's fine. Jasper Ford seems like a nice bloke. I'll take him. Okay. Okay. So you, got, you I think the moment where you put one or I'd go two fingers because it's a double barrel gun I've got. So two fingers in the back. He knows. Yeah. That Charming. He knows that it's not a gun, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's, I, I bluff it out like 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 Carson does, doesn't he? Yeah, Kinsella's like you know. Well, he gets called out on that. James Earl Jones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terence Mann does say that's a finger, obviously. Yeah, that's clearly not a gun. And then he goes take a crowbar to it, and then he has a change of heart, doesn't he? So yeah. I cannot watch it without getting goose pimples, and I can't watch it without having happy tears. It's not a sad film at all. No, it doesn't, it doesn't mean to cry because I'm sad. No, it's so nice. It's a, the, the, the only other film I've cried happiness tears like that okay. would be the end of Stop School of Rock. 
Oh, School of Rock. I like that. Yes. When he when he when he crowd surfed yes. at the end and the kids catch him. Now I'm in. I I just cried with happiness. And yeah. I thought, yes. 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 Good film. And I think that every time I watch Field of Dreams, and the bit at the end. This is why. Well, there we go. I was in um, Western Supermare yesterday with the kids. Yeah. Playing ghost rugby on the which, beach. Which, by the way, which, by the way, might be my favourite seaside town in the country. Wilfwood is there. Absolutely love Western Supermare. Yeah. Fabulous. Did you ever do the gig? Did you ever do Jokers, the comedy club there? I did a gig there in the. Th- oh, in the theatre. Yeah. Yeah. I, there were two. I did the theatre one and the comedy club. The comedy club could be quite rough. I got heckled once for not ironing my jumper in the first 30 seconds. And I thought, this is going to be a tough one. Was that part of your act? No, but <laughs> I was the ladies and gentlemen, Alice James. I said, oh, hello, Western Supermare. Um, have you... Why haven't you, why haven't you ironed your jumper? Um, Very specific heckle. Yeah, I don't know. Never ironed a jumper before. Bye. Well, the point being, I was there <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. And my little girl, we were in this little... There's loads to do there, fair play. So we're in a little play area there. I was sat down, it's been knackered. We'd walked about seven and a half miles yesterday just doing bits and bobs. And she's like, Dad, can you push me on the swing? Yeah. And I was going to say, Oh, babe, give me two minutes. And I just thought, Don't say that. No. Because one day she won't ask you to go get your mitt, chuck a ball at her. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. So whenever Ben says, Do you want to go and throw a ball? And we haven't got got hardly any garden because not enough people do the Patreon. So and, and and you've got a pub shed. You've made choices, Mike. It would be disingenuous for you not to admit that you've made certain choices. You have you have tarmacked over the green belt that was Bobbins Gardens. I can't even get a car in my garage because it's full of a pub. <laughs> full of a pub. So we um, full of a pub. You know, come, come, go and throw a ball in the lane, Dad. I always say yes. Doesn't matter how knackered I am. Yeah. I'm not trying to say I'm super dad, but just one day they won't ask you to do that. You know, so I'm never going to say no to it. Unless I'm absolutely wiped out. It's that bit at the end where he's like, uh, Dad, you want to play, play some catch? I was like, oh. Yeah, I, lo- I like that bit. And there is something about that relationship of playing sport with one of your yeah. parents uh, that is so just lovely. And if you haven't got that, then that's a real shame. I was round mm. at my dad's recently. and Sparring. He, <laughs> he knocked me out. Yeah, yeah, it's great fun. He used to, we used to spar in the kitchen all the time. Great fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to spar with used my dad. To, yeah, my dad used to just yeah with a pair of nineteen yeah. sixties grammar school issue boxing gloves. Well, we used to have just had wrap tea towels, <laughs> like we were actually Christ. in a film. But there were no you know, no headshots. It's fine. Uh, but the kids were playing football with dad in the back garden, and yeah, I, I just thought, well, why not join in? This is brilliant. So I'm playing best, football mate? with my kids and my dad. Yeah, yeah. That's What's great fun. Slid in, two-footed. Wound a massive argument. <laughs> Noah cleaned out my dad. <laughs> Big Got fight. Lent over him, Alfinger Harland versus Roy Keane. Ah, get up! <laughs> and also the soundtrack. I mean, there's not there's not tons of good songs in it. There's the bit when they're in the, the camper van at the beginning where they play the Top, Top Gear, Gear theme. Top Gear threw me. Put me off a bit, if I'm honest. That took me out of the... What is that? It's, um... Oh, what's it called? I got asked for this on the radio station the other day. Just expected uh, Clarkson to appear. It really put me off. But they also play a bit after that. What do they play? They play... It's by the Allman Brothers Band, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it is. Jessica. What's the name of the song, though? Jessica. I don't that's know right, it at all. Allman Brothers Band. If you ever get a chance to listen to them, listen to Rambling Man. No, oh, that's a banger. Is that good? 
That's a great okay. tune. So I said to my son, so I've, I've rented it for two days, but I've got it on DVD and VHS somewhere, as I said. So, Bad. But I said got to a film about ghost baseball for you to watch. <laughs> come down. Well, you can be reductive or anything, can't you? Of course you can. I could say, Ben, why don't you come sit down and watch uh, 22 blokes kicking a bag of air on the field? <laughs> yes. The Are they ghosts, Dad? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And they're real. Yeah, they're real, I'm in. Because Uncle Steph won't, won't Uncle watch Steph otherwise. Uncle Steph can't suspend disbelief. <laughs> it's a film, isn't it? By his very definition. But he does love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. I love sci-fi. Yeah. So maybe that's why I haven't got a problem with the time traveling bit and everything else. And I can I can understand why Doc Graham can be a kid and an old man. Yeah, I, that me. threw me a little bit. In the book, see, they go back to 1965. Okay. And he's still alive. So Doc's alive then. And and then they have a chat. Right. There's, there's, some, there's some major difference. So does he, pl- he doesn't play then, surely, against the ghosts if he's alive? I don't think they pick the kid up. I think I think in the book he goes back to 65, talks to him, and then he just turns up at the baseball. I'm with you, okay. Which, to be honest... That'd be better. Would be better. That would work better for me. Because going to get him, he's an old man. I didn't understand why he was an old man ghost and the rest of them were... If he'd have done the thing, I told, him, I told him... Right, here we go. He, I don't like to, to reimagine a classic. Okay. If he'd had that whole conversation with the doc in, the, in his in his wait in his yeah, surgery, and he's real, where he said he wants to wink at a, at a pitcher, and then this kid turns up that they don't know who he is at the field, and then he winks at the pitcher. Yes, they don't tell me who he is in the van, and then I mean the bit when he picks him up in the van. Oh, I'm in then, bit more ambiguity. And the only other thing I would change, brother-in-law. I didn't mind the brother-in-law. Uh, I didn't mind him. It's it. She's a bit annoying. In the bit in the school hall, yes, that bit's a bit annoying generally. America, I love you. I'm proud of you. All that sort of stuff. That whole scene where she goes gung ho. The other woman goes. He stopped writing books and started masturbating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Judgmental cow. (laughs) I'm still at the back of the school hall. My fucking telly under my arm, (laughs) tutting. As soon as, as soon as uh, in that scene where they're trying to ban a book from the syllabus. And uh, she says the book, um, it encourages promiscuity and free love and sex. I immediately Googled the book. <laughs> I thought, I'll be reading this. The ABZ of love. Before realising that the book no longer, uh, the book is uh, a work of fiction, Fictional. doesn't exist. I was absolutely... Well, I Googled Terence Mann, yeah. but I don't think it exists, does it? No, but there is a, a playwright. There is a Terence okay. Mann, but it's not him. It's not okay. him. But I was bang up for reading a book that encouraged promiscuity in the 60s. Bang up for that. <laughs> really up for it. <laughs> reading it, nodding my head on the tube. Yes. Yes. That's what I would have done if it's, I was there in the it's 60s. It's just a body, yeah. So, so when... What would Michael Owen think? Exactly, this is what it always comes down to, is... He'd be like you. He'd be like, he'd be like Kelly. Oh, it, it, I mean, it's out of the question I, that Michael <laughs> Owen looked like this. He'd hate it. The ghosts. And he keep he keeps saying I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If everyone could see the ghosts, I'm all right with it. Yeah. The fact that some people can't see the ghosts doesn't work in my head as part. Yeah, but it's the nature of ghosts, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's that's that, that right. That is everyday life. Well, it's not because ghosts don't exist. I love well, to no, see I know, a ghost. I can tell you plenty of people who think they've seen a ghost. Plenty yeah. of I got people. locked yeah. in a cellar of the old O'Neill's and if in Cardiff. If they've seen them and I haven't seen them. thought that they could see ghosts and they wanted me to see the ghost as well. That was workplace bullying. 
I was. I was. I was a ghosts. You were in the pub. <laughs> I was and the, the bar staff locked you. Yeah. The, where are you, Jimmy Savile's Because gap? no, <laughs> because we. Do you know what? I must have done stand up. We were at the Fritz Salon. I was. I done stand up there, and we were having a few pints after they'd closed. And the bar staff said, you do realise it's one of the oldest pubs in Cardiff, there's a ghost in the cellar. And I said, said, bollocks. Bollocks, but Bollocks. And they said, well, come on then. I was in the cellar for 10 to 15 minutes and then they let me out and I hadn't seen anything. And they said, you haven't seen a ghost because you don't want to believe. Yeah, exactly. I used to get that all. When I did the unexplainers with Eggsy. Yeah. That's the sort of thing I heard all the time, right? But then we got to a place called the Hanbury Arms in Pontypool. Full which of is ghosts everywhere. One of the, which is one of the many most haunted pubs in Wales, right? Yeah, there's a lot of those, <laughs> and and there seem to be more and more now that people can make a bit of money out of them. So, um, <laughs> there's at least a hundred top most haunted pubs in Wales these days, right? They wanted to put us in the cellar down, put John in the cellar down there. Yeah, at like three o'clock in the morning. They said I'm not doing that. It was quite. It didn't. It felt a bit, a bit spooky, for a better word, down there, right? It's a cellar. So they said, uh, I was taking. They said, Well, I'll tell you what, then. Just, we'll leave the cameras in there, like a night vision camera and, and microphones and stuff. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. So okay. I said, okay, well, Mike, well, it won't be as good, but you, if you go in there for like an hour. Yeah. I said, I'm not doing it. They said, why not? You don't believe in ghosts? I said, no, I, I know I don't believe in ghosts, no, but... I don't want to be I in the cellar. Be, I don't want to be locked in there and find out I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be petrifying, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I'd love to see a ghost. I'd be, I'd be the worst person to see a ghost because I'd shit my pants because I don't believe in them. But they can't hurt you. Can they ghosts? We don't know, you do just you? just punch straight through it. The one in the film could catch, all right? He's catching a real ball. Here's the thing. Why don't they just take Karen out into the baseball diamond and let the doc sort her out there? Yeah, fair play. Good point. He wouldn't have had to cross the... But he... Yeah. But or he could he not the, go in? But I didn't understand that bit either. Because well, in the you... van, he was young. So then when he went on the field and he came back out of the field, he became old. Yeah. I didn't understand that bit. No. That doesn't work. Because Terence Mann went into the field, didn't he? He didn't become dead. No. Or young. So why So why didn't Terence Mann... And also Kevin Costner's on the field, chucking balls, take, uh, well, yeah, shoeless... Well, yeah. Yeah, sockless Joe Jackson. So why didn't he take Karen in and she could have the Heimlich manoeuvre there? And yeah. Then he could have had another game then, couldn't he, with the lads? I also thought the doctor was slightly too laid back. Very. The girl is like, well, let's she, see what we've got going on here then. I, I am dying. It appears that this little girl is choking on a hot dog. This girl is choking the girl. fucking hot dog. her back quick yeah. then. She's got brain damage. <laughs> hot dog. Also, when she falls off the bleachers, right? Yes. Is Mrs. runs into phone an ambulance, you assume. He's like, wait there. Hold on. No, phone it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just on the off chance. Seriously. The one the ghost can't slap her back. You might have got <laughs> it covered, right? But you Just are a ghost baseball player. And I'm I'm all right with my husband blowing the mortgage and maybe there's going to be foreclosure on the yeah. farm. That's okay. Yeah, all right? that's fine. I'm pretending I can see baseball players left, right and centre, but my daughter is now going to die. We can always cancel the ambulance. But I, I <laughs> yeah, would exactly. like there to be an ambulance coming. Phone if, it's been a false alarm. If a ghost yeah. baseball player doesn't slap her back. The ghost in the 20s gave her a slap. And H- she's how did your her. daughter get fixed? Well. <laughs> You're never going to believe this. Yeah. I think do just... you like baseball? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember shoeless Joe Well, Jackson? what do we have here? She has fallen off the bleachers, and it appears that she snapped her spine in several places, and she's choking on a hot dog. Well, sort it then. <laughs> Fix it. For Christ's sake, old man. Can I have a sense yeah. of urgency, please, ghost doctor? 
Ghost Doctor. It feels like a kid's cartoon series. <laughs> Ghost Doctor. I want to make a point here that I'm not taking the piss of the film. We're just having a bit of... Well, bit it's of, okay. Kevin's not listening. Bonhomie. Costa's good in it. I will say. Do you know what? Here we go. A good-looking man. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Well, that for number one. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Kevin Costner in a film I didn't at least really like and often love, right? Yeah, Prince JFK, of Thieves. Brilliant. I love. Prince of Thieves. Love. And some of this stuff got, I love. Love it. Feel of Dreams, I love. Waterworld, which got panned. Oh, I yeah. really like Waterworld. I've not seen the it. Postman. The Postman, which got Postman panned. Postman is very I, good. I love. Yeah, I like that. What's the other one he's in? What's the one? Uh, the, the Bodyguard. Great film, right? He just went through a phase of making. Yeah. Amazing films. I've got a bloody A-list box office. Yeah. Dances with Wolves. Oh, superb. Absolutely brilliant film. Bull Durham. Oh, Keep that's coming. in the top ten. And he's in bloody um, The Untouchables. The Untouchables, I was just about to say, yes. Of course yes. he is, which is top five. Yeah. My God, what a bloody body of work. But he's very chilled out when his daughter's uh, ch- <laughs> choking on a hot dog. He's got a ghost doctor to sort out. <laughs> he doesn't need to worry. Well, he's not a great dad, but he's a brilliant actor, isn't he? <laughs> just the films we've forgotten about that would be like the highlight of any other actor's career. Well, just one of those. One of those would be a perfectly cool film to JFK. have been in. Oh. JFK, what oh. a movie. What a movie. Thank God the internet didn't exist when I first watched JFK. Because I would have been a oh. full-blown conspiracy nut by this point. Because I was fascinated by that film, and I couldn't get enough of every little offshoot they did of it. What's the name from Godly and Cream did one, did a did a, his first documentary about JFK. Yeah, I watched that. I watched everything I could watch about that. I watched every book I could read about it. I read. There was no internet. Oh, Mike. What? You you do realise it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald? Well, you know you know that, don't you? I don't think I it mean, was. I mean, I mean, not. Do you know? What I think it was of all the things I've read. I read a great one. It was called I think it was called Fatal Error, the book, right? But he, the bloke who went purely on the ballistics, and he'd be, he would evolve, I think he was involved in the original case. He was a ballistics expert. He didn't yeah. look at anything else. He didn't look at the, the Cuba thing, didn't look at, you know, didn't look at Clay Bertram, didn't look at any other stuff. All he looked at was the, let's go on the sheer ballistics. What guns were there? Yeah. What guns do we know were there? Yeah. What were the injuries like? Blah, blah, blah. What he, what he researched into and looked mm. into and what, and what the, the, what he arrived at was that one of the Secret Service agents in the follow-up car heard the original shot, basically panicked, which he's not supposed to do, obviously, accidentally shot Kennedy with a high-powered rifle, which is why the basically back of his head blew off, right? Back and to the left. Back and to the left. And then, obviously, if you, one of your Secret Service has killed the president, that looks bad, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cover-up... So the cover-up was all about that. It was. It wasn't. His theory was it wasn't. There wasn't some ulterior motive. It was covered up purely because, you know, one of the president's bodyguards killing the president is a very bad look for everybody. And and he and he finds this. And they were saying that, but the gun that would have caused that wasn't being held by the security detail on that day. And he finds this photograph on the way to the hospital after the shooting, on the way up from Dealey Plaza. Guy with just. Crying with a massive gun. No, but yeah. there's a bloke holding that Shit. very gun up. One of the one of the security blokes. It's a brilliant book. But it might not be that, but it's just fascinating. But I, I mean, reckon it was Babe Ruth. I think it was a baseball ghost. <laughs> baseball ghost got him. 
It was. Yeah. To make a point about he would the have been, I mean, he would have survived it, but Burt Lancaster took fucking ages to get there, didn't he? That was a, <laughs> that was a problem. Chill out, Jackie. I got this covered. <laughs> Phone 911. Hang on a second. Hang on a well, second. Well, what do we have here? <laughs> Seems that our president's had his head blown off. Why, this man's been shot in the head. <laughs> There's blood and brains everywhere. Calm yourself, Jackie. <laughs> because there's literally nothing I can do about this. He's had his head blown off. <laughs> Does he have... Uh, has, has the president been eating a hot dog? Because that I can do. I can take hot dogs out of a gullet. There is no believe that a below-average marksman gets out three shots with world-class precision on a moving target under seven seconds. I'm telling you, it can't be done. Good marksman looking up, get two shots, and the first one would always be the best. <laughs> that dog don't hunt. Oh, what I'm watching that tonight now. I call to the witness stand Bert Lancaster as Ghost Doctor. <laughs> ghost Doctor. Well, I was in the area, and obviously I'll always put my medical expertise to good use, uh, but I realize there could be nothing done to save the president. I did remove the hot dog, but that's not the cause of death. <laughs> the government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo, and say cock a doodle doo. Candy in that is great. Oh, it's, it's a cameo, but he is fantastic. He is. Have that. you ever seen the one it's based on? I will no. send you a link to the bloke, and it is almost word for word. You think it's a complete fiction? The whole thing, the way he speaks. Oh, he, it becomes even more impressive when you see the bloke he, he based it on. Oh, send me that over. Kennedy's a status that grabbed me. You're as crazy as your mama. You want to land up with a dead man, Jimbo? Government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo, and say cock a doodle do. I think if we sent Michael Owen JFK, he might get into it. Yes. That's a Texas live oak, Cheek. Yeah. Um, it's the greatest piece of fiction since the Warren Commission. <laughs> Are you a communist? No, sir, I'm not a communist. I'm a Marxist Leninist. <laughs> very, very good film. As is. As is. Field of, I, do you know, I think it is a very good film. I love it. I can't. Got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars in it. But I think it says a lot more about me than it says about the film. So, yeah, yeah no, I think it does. I, I genuinely think that most people will be able to suspend disbelief and go, Kenny yeah, can't. Ghosts. You, you're, you're, you're my wife, you know. I'll be good company, that's fine. What's weird is watching Space Jam, I'm all right with, but watching Ghosts play baseball, I'm not. What a weird man. I've never seen Space Jam. Cartoons playing basketball. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it's good. There's one in the cinemas now with LeBron. So, some or none of those. Mighty Ducks, good film. Slapshot. Yeah, nice. Are we talking about things that may or may not? Well, we could do them in the future, couldn't we? Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Brilliant again. I love Tin Cup. That's a great film. Ones that we can do in the future. He's made some fun. Over on the Patreon. Well, why don't people get in touch? Don't bother getting in touch if you're a freeloader, but if you're a Patreon... Oh, no, no, if you're on the Patreon. If you're on the Patreon Facebook group, then drop us a line on there with some cinematic suggestions for what we can watch for the right. next few... Mark Here we go. Clubs. Here we go. Check this. Go on. Go on. Dances with Wolves, The Bodyguard, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Waterworld, Untouchables, The High Women, Feel of Dreams... Um, I'm skipping through some of these. Um, Do you know what? I bet you, no, having met lots Draft of Draft Day, of course, The Postman. Having met lots of actors in my time. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Because he hasn't had a huge hit for a while. JFK. Yes. I bet we you can get him quite, on the pod. I, but I bet you he's quite down on his career. You think? 
But draft day was fairly recent, wasn't it? That's just the way actors. That's good. Twenty fourteen draft day was. I'm just just the way um, not comedians, but the way uh, actors are. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing a disservice. Maybe Zack Snyder's Justice League was a far bigger hit than I'd realised. Yeah, we've got to look through. No. I know what you mean. He's in Batman versus Superman. I'm amazed at it when, like, I loved, as is well known, Burt Reynolds. Like, he was the Costner of the 70s, right? Five, he was, he was the first actor ever to have five in a row. I think, I think it was, I think it was the highest, I think it was highest gross in box office star five years in a row, never happened before. And then he ended up selling all his stuff because he was skint. How does it happen? Yeah, He's here yeah. with boxers all the time. They must be so badly advised and ripped off. Like Costner should be one of the richest blokes in the world, shouldn't he? Think what he's made. Yeah, and maybe he is. I don't know, but yeah, I presume he is. Yeah, I don't think he's in penury. I think he was certainly managed more poorly back in the old days. Sports people and 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 entertainers in general. Yes, I think he he could he could probably afford to build a baseball pitch in his back garden without the mortgage suffering. What would you like? Ben wanted a a basketball ring. Basketball court be nice in the back garden. Yeah, just look bad, don't they? They, Yeah, I know what you mean. You're one step away from having a sofa in your front garden if you if you've got a Tukey Hauser empty at one in his in his bedroom, so He did, didn't he? Theme tune written by Mike Post, who did the Rocket Files. And Quantum Mike Posty. What a nice man. Right. If you want What? what Mike Post is always my that's my go to let's wrap it up. <laughs> 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 We've reached Mike Post. Okay. Yeah. Uh you could do We're the theme tune for wrapping up if you like. You could. You could do. Oh, uh, thank you to Gavin Fitzjohn who does the theme tune for the Mark Lowe's Movie Club, by the way. Who oh, was it? Does all the brass stuff. Oh, with, nice one, Gav. Uh, Paolo Dottini and the Manics and Stereophonics oh, and Stereophonics. So he took that, a little yeah. bit of time out to do this for he's us. The he's the Kevin Costner of brass. He's the Mike Post of podcasting. He's a very, very good guy. So thank you, Gav. Oh, um, I was thinking, mate, well, I mean, I said to Kelly, oh, we is his podcast. Go on. Come back yesterday and listen to the most recent one. Yeah. And uh, Ellie said, um, she liked the grandstand theme. She didn't know what it was called, but she was on about. I said, oh, that's a while ago now, baby. We've done Ski yeah. Sunday. We've done. And they were like, um, well, can you do another one now? I said, well, the thing is, baby, he's like, he's one of the country's biggest musicians. Certainly <laughs> yes. one of Wales' most, most inc- incredible rock stars. Mm guitarists and songwriters yeah we can't keep asking them to do a steam tune for free hi uh hi, you know the snooker yeah well, I, I was thinking the snooker that'd be he does, he does, he does do a good snooker does he yeah and the other one would be i mean if you're listening james i mean yeah. hey, firstly thank hey, you thank you i'm a huge fan thank, thank you thank you but if if you could do the if you could do the chain from fleetwood mac that'd be brilliant <laughs> Just, just if you're not busy doing do, the new do, album. Do, 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 do. Yeah, obviously you got. Obviously you got the new album out. Albums tour. Stuff to do and tours and whatever. But yeah, it's fine. But yeah. you know, come on. Come on. Right. So tour-wise, our live tour tickets are available. So if you head to distantpod.com/live, you will find uh, links to all the venues where there are tickets still available. Where there aren't. Uh, if you want merchandise for the tour. It is available for pre-order because of various things that involve us basically losing money if we sell them to you at the venue. If you do it via uh, distantpod.com slash shop, then you will find all of the tour merchandise there and we'll get it to you by the time the gig happens. And also, if you're not coming to the tour, you can still buy a tour T-shirt, for God's sake. 
It's a, you know, it's not also beyond the Steph, realms of believability. Go on. You shared in the WhatsApp group. Oh, 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 oh. I, I, I had a bit of. I was semi erect looking at those shirts from Admiral. <laughs> so the football shirts from Admiral. So the Admiral Times Distant Pod football shirts Wicked. are very close. By the time this nice. goes out, much closer. And they are nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, uh, Silly nice. I concur. So keep an eye out on the social medias at Distant Pod and on the website as well, distantpod.com. We will be putting a link out there to them. And I'm going to confidently say that as soon as you see them, I would buy them because they're a limited run. And they're nice. Oh, they'll sell out. So you they're do the lovely. maths. They're going to go pretty quick. Can I reserve for, one? You, you can, you, yes. Yes, you I can. Keep asking yes. in case you forget. No, it's fine. It's fine. You, you can have one. Thank you. Um, yeah. But they will be available very, 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 very soon. So keep an eye out on everything. And then they will be gone like that. Yep. See? Make them and they will buy. See? It doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no. No, stitch them and they will if wear. You <laughs> buy I don't, I don't them, know. they will if, come. Yeah, if yeah. you buy, if you if you invest an amount of money in something, yeah, someone will make it. Yeah. Then you can put them on sale, and someone might potentially buy it. Yeah, it's not as catchy. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. But then it's not ghost baseball. Exactly. So, Michael Owen will not watch this. I think you lot should because it's very good. If you've enjoyed the movie club, you get one of these every month over on patreon.com slash distant pod. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that.